0: And welcome to the Beer Podcast. My name is Sean and joining me as always is
1: the one and only Dante Bolfo, Mr. Balfe, my Man. How are we? Sean, I'm cerveza in hand. Hey. How could I be bad? <laughs> How could I be bad?
0: That's true. Um, a little story about soul. This isn't the story I want soul,
1: to start. With. Soul is the cerveza that we're drinking um, right now. This
0: isn't the story I want to start off with. Um, but this was like when I first started drinking beer All right, at the age of 18. I the was, age of 18 was I when was, you started it drinking actually, actually was yeah. late bloomer yeah <laughs> <laughs> I was um I was shopping around going oh I love James Bond maybe I like Jane- Heineken do they drink Heineken's in James Bond yeah it's like they had a sponsorship for a, for a few movies there yeah right oh don't love that oh Carlton you get the trivia on the cap that's alright um and soul was my beer of choice for a little while Um, because I was just going to house parties and it's like oh sweet I'll just bring six
1: pack of souls with me and then we started going out and you can't find them anywhere it's potentially the most random beer on the face (laughs) of the earth these souls are left over from the last time we did a four man wave plus Marco which was here and Aless made dinner and brought snacks and souls Mm. and when he when he walked in with a six pack of souls i was genuinely like what the fuck (laughs) is going on alcoholic who because because to get a six pack of souls the most likely outcome the most likely chain of events that's led to that outcome Mm -hmm. is that someone's walked into a bottle shop and gone to the beers and been like oh get the souls (laughs) which is but it's not a bad choice it's an okay beer but i just can't really relate on any level to that thought process of being in the beer aisle in the freezer looking at the looking at the fridge and thinking yeah I'll get the salt I don't
0: think they're a freezer beer I think
1: they're solely a fridge beer pardon the pun yeah it's a bit... Uh, I mean, it's, it, is, it is a good beer, but it's... it's uh, You're not picking it. No, I'm not picking it. And it's you, definitely not value for money. Do you reckon you could guess what my introductory beer was beer was when I was in, right. the, in the 16, 17, 18 range? Um, late bloomer. <laughs> um, so I get two guesses. <laughs> yeah. First one's Carlton Draft. No. Nah. Second one's Stella Artois. No. Nah. <laughs> no. Nah. You, you you were closer with Carlton than you are with Stella James Bogues oh that's disgusting oh no because of the Brunny No, nah, not even not even but um, Brunny Thursday is $3 um, Bogues because the first time I had a beer that had been poured for me yeah was at the RACV club with my dad who goes to the gym there yeah. and who fancies himself as a bit of a bourgeois nouveau riche <laughs> and when he you know you know when, when, when he was finally financially comfortable enough to start spending money on stupid shit <laughs> he's like you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna get a club membership Yeah, and he got an RACV club membership for some RACV as of the car yeah. Your, yeah but they've got a hotel in the city yeah, and right, so you've right. got like a gym and amenities and like a restaurant and you can go and play pool and smoke cigars and you know so if you're a member you can go to that gym for free yeah so I'm an RACV member is there one no you're gonna be like like an RACV club member ah right yeah I just get I just get a free toe if you're a a member you would probably get like a reduced like club membership discount is there one in the north no it's in the city there's one in the the city in Hillsville and Hillsville and and Cape Shank they got like a resorts in Hillsville and Cape Shank. So my father, yeah. he's actually going away this weekend. I'm about to dox him. <laughs> He's going away this weekend Mornington. to the Hillsville, oh. uh, to the Hillsville one. He does that probably like maybe three times a year, and yeah. goes and just stays and eats nice food and reads his book and hangs out and yeah, uses yeah. the pool there. A staycation. The, yeah, staycation. The pool looks out over that beautiful, lush Hillsville yeah. forest, yeah, yeah. and he just goes and has a bit of a swim. So, yeah. Uh, yeah but they they've got a restaurant there. They've got a, they've got a few restaurants, but the bistro, which is the most pumping restaurant. Which, you know, this is not an advertisement for ISV, but if if that's they, what it sounded if like. if they want
0: to sponsor us... To
1: offer some journalistic balance here, I'm going to tell you that the food at the bistro is so shit. <laughs> and they'll still charge you $28 for it. Right, even though you're a, you're a card-carrying member.
0: Yeah, you got to pay. There's no mm. free rides with the It's ISV just class. like gold class. I don't know where the fucking value is for gold class. You spend $50 on a ticket, and then they just... They just bend you over a table and say, well, you're here and you're hungry because you yeah. came without eating. So, can you give us $28? Go
1: to Pentridge Cinemas because they've I got have the to, gold yeah. class seats and you only pay like $11 or whatever. But that's, that's the thing. It used to be the seats
0: back in my day. Yeah. No, it used to be the seats. But now like fucking even like Brodie Cinemas got the seats. Like, yeah. So, what are you paying 50 bucks for? Well, it was a gift card um, and I did it on a special occasion. Yeah. With a lovely lady. Yeah. Well, I'm you know, very, very happy for the lovely couple. And we saw Babylon. Have you seen that? It's. it's uh, is it Justin Hurwitz or is he the composer? Um, the same guy who made La La Land and Whiplash. He made a new movie mm. about jazz um, and about silent films in the fifties and like the transition to speaking films and how some how actors across like a, a massive spectrum um, changed with the with the speak. Well, what are the the talkers? The talkies. The talkies. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. Yeah, it sounds um, shit. No, I was like, they just had really good actors everywhere. Like there, mm. there was Brad Pitt, um, Margot Robbie, mm. some young, like the young main character is actually like, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he turns into like a really big actor one day, but just, just, yeah. Are
1: you going to watch the Barbie movie?
0: Yeah. 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 You? Yeah. I'm yeah.
1: very interested. In yeah. The movie.
0: But seeing the trailer, like I was more interested in like how the Fox is going to be a movie mm. after I saw the trailer, I was like. Oh, okay,
1: that's how they're going to make it a movie. I'm way more interested in it after the trailer. Really? I wasn't going to watch it because I don't care about, Damn. about Barbie. Man, uh, we are just coming at this from different angles. But now that I've seen the kind of the existentialism and the fact that it's basically the Truman Show in the Barbie universe, yeah. I'm very <coughs> interested in watching that.
0: Yeah, right. Well, that brings us to the intro that I wanted to say. Um, so, perfect little segue there. But we're, we're here today... During the NBA playoffs, to discuss the <laughs> that,
1: that, why was that so formal? It sounded like we we're in church. It's part of the joke, but don't <laughs> worry.
0: Um, to discuss the June two trailer. Um, now Dante, have you had a chance to have a look at it yet?
1: No, I haven't had a chance to look at it yet. Although the um, the the June chat in the GC today was making me Giggle. feel like I should also rewatch it. You know what? You know what? You know what happened? Did you Can like I the meme I sent? Confess something to you? <laughs> yeah. So so you sent in you sent the meme in. It was a funny Dune meme. And I saw it and I thought, that's a funny Dune meme. <laughs> and then a little while later, Marco messaged and replied with something like Bo and I watched Dune last night. Yeah. And it was really good. Yeah. And I saw Marco's message and I <laughs> Almost like my thought process was like I'm gonna reply to that and I'm gonna say like oh I actually recently saw a really funny June meme <laughs> <laughs> and then share what the meme was before connecting the dots that you had sent the meme and Marco was responding to the meme. But but sometimes your brain
0: doesn't even work that fast because once I've sent you a meme privately and then you send it right into the group chat, <laughs> you're just like hey have a look at this. Yeah, I
1: feel like that's I feel like that's been. <laughs> I feel like I've been a culprit for that on multiple
0: occasions uh, it, it was in lockdown I think so like you're, you're more than excused like,
1: or, or just or someone would someone would send the meme into the Facebook group chat and then I would say the same meme on Instagram without checking Facebook and be like oh have a look at this this is hilarious I feel like when we went to Sydney and, <laughs> and
0: we're all talking and then like you and I were going somewhere and I was like I was driving and I was like oh can you chuck that in the group and then you go into the group with like everyone who's in Sydney and then you go on Instagram, like, what the fuck are you doing? And you're like, isn't this chat on Instagram? I don't know if this is good radio anymore. But you're on Instagram, and everyone else is on Facebook. Anyway, the NBA playoffs.
1: Um, no, what about the June intro? You can't. You can't. Oh, well, you haven't seen it. Too. The trailer. Yeah. Yeah, but pretend I have. Okay, so what do you think? The Harkonnen, the Spice
0: Tray. I was looking at your bookshelf. Do you have it? Have no, you read no, it? I never read it. Watching the trailer made me want to read it. Um, yeah. Because after the first movie... Because uh, I've never really read sci-fi before. Yeah. Um, and I feel like it's a pretty good fucking starting place. Um, yeah. So I sort of want to give it a go. Especially because there's six movies. There's six books. Is there? Yeah. Oh, so So there, there is a trilogy that they recognize as the trilogy. Mm-hmm. And then he just kept going. And I think he got like a friend to help yeah. co-author it. Fuck yeah. His okay. name like Frank Herbert. But yeah, this um, uh, housemate of the program, Llewellyn, said that... He watched some interview where the director was like, hey, if you thought the first one didn't have enough action, this one's got too much action. You're going to think it's like a blockbuster movie where it's like 20 well, minutes Isn't of... it
1: a blockbuster movie?
0: Yeah, but, you know, like it's a, a, a Dwayne The Rock Johnson style type beat thing.
1: Florence Pugh is in the second one. She's in everything she... now, That's mate. what I was about to say. <laughs> Fucking hell. I don't know where she finds the time. The two takes that I resonate with from celebrity Instagram <laughs> that I've seen recently yeah, is... Florence Pugh is just literally in everything. That's not even a take I've seen. I've just seen her everywhere and been like, (laughs) what the actual fuck? And then the other one is some shit going on with Glenn Powell, who's Sidney Sweeney's co-star in some movie. And I I saw a man on Instagram that was saying they just invent famous people. They just invent new famous people and expect us to let like, play along. Who are. Because who the fuck is Glenn <laughs> Powell? And he's just getting to like the, the the treatment that like Kim Kardashian gets where you just say something about their private life or like Taylor Swift and Joe Alwyn, her yeah. boyfriend of six years. Joe recently, who? <laughs> you don't want to know. Her boyfriend of six years recently broke up and it's like, you know what? I actually knew that. You can just put the, you can put that on social media and be like taylor swift and joe allen break up because taylor swift is really famous this guy glenn powell who the fuck is that just getting the taylor (laughs) swift treatment just his name popping up that him and his partner broke up or him and his co-star in the new movie getting along really well who the fuck are these people that (laughs) would just be like if new like basketball players were just like populating and they'll be like like <clears throat> fucking like Matthew Johnson, you know, really good for the Sixers. And you're like, oh, who's that? Is he Is he like a two-way player? I was like, nah, he's on a $13 million contract. <laughs> he's averaging 17 a game. Didn't you know?
0: Yeah. it's And I, I think the time for you to feel that is the Met Gala, where it's just like, oh, here's Anne Hathaway, you know.
1: Cool, cool, cool. Anyway, here's Glenn Powell. Christopher Walken <laughs> is in the new Dune. Alongside yeah. Stellan Skarsgård. They so, killed so it on the old good actors front. So is um, Elvis, Austin Butler. Yeah.
0: Um, but yeah, he got in. It was like he was he was method acting too much again. So now he's just been a weird, weird fella. Whatever. Well, you it. know
1: what streaming platform June on? It's on Disney. It feels <laughs> like Disney.
0: Um, feel free to send us a message if you listen to this episode, <laughs> if you know where it is. It's, it's giving Disney, but I wouldn't be surprised June if it's Stan.
1: Watch Netflix fuck completely oh, yeah. I, incorrect i might actually fucking watch a tune tonight
0: I, look I tried the other day right you didn't enjoy it no nah, it's just it was like it was Sunday at 10 o'clock and I was just like is
1: the because I watched it in the cinemas and the <laughs> too, whole thing was too. it was too loud you couldn't hear it yeah, yeah. Is, is that fixed on the small screen no
0: because I started watching it at 10 o'clock on Sunday after oh, yeah, like yeah. a bit of a party everyone had gone to bed and I was like yeah I watch a movie <laughs> and then um there's like oh <laughs> and then i'm like hold on this goes on for a long time <laughs> then i went to bed so i watched 10 minutes um so i couldn't tell you but i guess i guess i should watch again you've got until november that's when the next are you saying dune or june
1: i'm i'm trying not to lean too heavily into the american dirt or the australian jet
0: and say hey. dune oh
1: yeah yeah dunedin dune? Mm. I don't know because because it's very American to go like Dune, yeah, yeah. and it's like a double O. Well, but, but the but the the J is like the J is in in place of the D. It doesn't feel good. Is to incorrect? Me. Yeah, that's 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 the exact crisis I'm having. So if you're listening
0: to this episode, let's all start referring to it as D two.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm down for D two.
0: Cool. Um, should we move on to the NBA playoffs? Yeah, should
1: we fucking talk ball? <laughs> so
0: we'll, what do we say we'll kick off with Lakers Golden State?
1: Lakers Golden State.
0: Um, can you just pop up a new tab and type in real GM NBA, and the, you'll find the numbers for the uh, the the first game between the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers, and it was big enough for multiple people to message me, being like, "Man, this is going to be a fucking spectacle," and this is just what do
1: you mean like, the numbers, the TV numbers. Yeah,
0: the TV numbers. If you just go down a little bit, oh, they might not be on. They might not. Yeah, there you go. So seven point three
1: six
0: average. Seven point three six. I think what? the height was about. <laughs> (laughs) the height was about 10 million people watching this game at one time Um, and then you know Lucas can do the math there on what the lowest would be but that's a lot of fucking people Um, they They might have thanks um but that
1: assumes that that the high and the low were represented for an equal amount of time, bringing us to roughly seven, which they wouldn't have been represented for a roughly equal amount of time. So
0: um, it's a fucking pretty cool series. You've got the Golden State Warriors at the end of the dynasty. You've got LeBron James at the end what of dynasty. What
1: about the, uh, mean the end of the dynasty? What about this uh, what about Jonathan
0: Kaminga kid? Huh? <laughs> There's
1: this two windows, huh?
0: Um at the at the end of One Dynasty, um fuck Alessio's not gonna like that I said that, and you, you made me say it, let the record show. Um <laughs> the Warriors will be great forever. Um and LeBron James obviously being at the end of LeBron James's career, um, Los Angeles Lake is just cobbling together a team 30, 30 games ago, just hoping that this is gonna be the one that pushes LeBron over the over the, over the edge, um, Golden State struggling to get past a young upstart Sacramento Kings team, and then heading into you know a series that's just a clash of the Titans. And it is it is quite cute to see LeBron and LeBron and Steph are at the scorers table checking in together at the exact same time, and they're doing that thing where they laugh and you know everyone's everyone's all happy, and, and you know we we love playing against each other, even though like it's pretty clear that they don't like playing against each other when it's in the finals, and they they get quite mad at each other. But it's just so fucking cool. This is mm-hmm. this is cool. I, it's I did, very cool. I didn't really have time to like comprehend it after the first round because I was just very happy at the fifty the fifty burger from Steph, which we'll talk about later. Um but what are what are your thoughts with this series? Where where do you want to start?
1: Well, I don't think that it's fair to look at the and I know you're I know you're not, because I know you're an eternal positivist when it comes <laughs> to the Warriors, but this isn't like a This isn't like a Suns from last season situation where the Suns struggled to get past a young upstart Pelicans team and then got waxed in the second round. Yeah, Sacramento were actually just good, Mm. and they were really good, and they blew you out in Game Six on the road. Like that's that's takes metal and like toughness and execution. Mm. So the Kings are like a good a good team, and I think that golden State coming out of that in seven is actually just beneficial because they they have been tested more than they've ever been tested before outside the finals you know that was like the 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 kind of the toughest series that they've had maybe maybe there was like a Memphis series in in 2016. Mm-hmm. Like the plane? Oh no, twenty sixteen. Sorry, like, yeah, yeah. Long. was yeah. yeah, like when they were kind of first getting off the ground, they went yeah. they went long against Memphis in the first round. They they, they,
0: they reference that a lot whenever they say, "Oh, we're down in some in some hole." They say, yeah. "Oh, well, we we went out for fried chicken after game three when we we're down two one, and yeah. just became best friends and did it." But
1: yeah, you're right. Like we we were actually tested. You usually just glide through as far as you go. Yeah, and, and this time at, you've been punched in the mouth, but you came out the. The other side, the... But we
0: were tired in game
1: one. Yeah, you were tired, for sure. Um, And the problem that you're running into, which time will tell how much of a problem this continues to be, but there's not really a solve for Anthony Davis when Anthony Davis is on. Mm. That's just one of the kind of fundamental problems that any team playing the Lakers faces, which is like, if Anthony Davis is... Hitting some mid ranges but not settling and then just getting to the rim and being a base on the glass there's not a lot there's essentially no one in the league and not even a front court of of green and looney who can really like stop that mm. um and that was kind of the story in in game one he 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 dominated on the glass he dominated as a scorer and you know that's that's hard to stop.
0: Yeah, like our our kryptonite is skilled big men who are just gonna like jump higher than Kevon Looney, and then every now and again, if he's put them in the post, like Draymond Green's not gonna stop one hundred percent of people, right? Um, and
1: Draymond Green, Draymond Green is an <clears throat> awesome post defender, but he's just like he's a generous six eight. But uh, but AD even is, just the AD nature AD of being in select.
0: the post, you're not going to win every matchup and AD is... No, for sure. Yeah, um,
1: <laughs> and the fact that if, if AD is getting to the low block, he's already close enough to the rim to score efficiently anyway. Yeah. So you can play excellent defense in the post, but you still might give up like 65% of those shots.
0: Um, in the 2015 uh, NBA playoffs, the first round where we played the New Orleans Pelicans... Um, like I think we won that in four or four or five but Anthony Davis just absolutely killed us for that whole entire series for exactly those reasons like we've got we had festus and stuff we had fine just vertical verticality defenders but we just don't have the we don't have the we, we just don't have the talent to stop um like really 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 talented bigs and that's like something we give up for having draymond on the floor because now we can stop every small person and every big wing in the whole entire league like that's that's the trade-off we make. And it just sucks that we've we've come into this situation now where it's like, okay, we're versing our absolute kryptonite. They've obviously got LeBron there. They've obviously got, you know, Austin Reeves and Jared Vanderbilt, just like very good role players. And it's just such a flip from the last series that we were playing where it's like the Kings actually had quite good perimeter defenders and they had a scheme that was just all about running us off the three-point line. And sometimes that funneled into the big men like Trey Lyles and Alex Len and Demota Sponis. And like we saw Steph Curry's shot shot. It was like... Most of your shots were were inside the three point line, and now the Lakers are um, the Lakers are camping out in the paint. And every single time, like we're we're calling for a screen, and we're getting some off ball actions. Like the Lakers are very happy to sag on the other side of that screen and just say, like, you can just keep taking those threes. We're going to lightly contest them, which is what they did, and we made like I think it was like fifty five percent of our threes, or some some just astronomical number, which kind of shit that we lost, but. <clears throat> Steph had two manks inside the paint. I, I think that's right. You've got it up there. Um, Four. B- because as soon as, like... As soon as you go in, they're like... They've got Anthony Davis, but then they've got Jared Vanderbilt. They've got LeBron, who's, like, a good rim protector on his own right.
1: LeBron, LeBron is... His defense is up and down, but once you get inside, he's, he's still, still a big James. human. Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, so this is just a complete opposite of what we had to deal with, right? It was like the, you've got the Davion Mitchells and like, you know, Malik Monk had a, a good game or two and then like um, Kevin Hurd is six foot eight. You know that? mm that's really, yeah. Well, six foot seven. Um, they've just got good perimeter defenders that were all about just pushing us inside. Now we've got these guys who are sort of pushing us outside. And then when Jared Vanderbilt's not on Stephen Curry, like Steph's just going to get it's fucking Dennis Schroeder. Like, we're, he's mm. going to get everything that he wants. Mm. Um, but he's not getting stuff inside the paint. He's getting blocked on those little high floaters that have gone on, um, that have gone in recently. And it's just like. It's just such a new challenge to actually to try and beat because we've just we've climbed over the hill against the Sacramento Kings, who, as you say, are a good team. I love how I'm quoting you with that. They're they're a good team, but it's just a complete polar opposite battle here with the Golden State Warriors. And every single time we've played Anthony Davis, we've really struggled to contain him. And you asked before, like you know, who's going to stop Anthony Davis when he's on? Like, I I, I believe in the Warriors across the seven game series to eventually figure out figure out their opponent and, and beat him. I'm not Steve Kerr 2.0. I don't know how that's going to work. Right? I literally, seeing Kevon Looney just stick his hands up and then Anthony Davis goes seven of eight in the first quarter. I don't know how we fucking stop that. Like, I'm really interested to see what we actually think of trying to do. Um, but the the only thing other than us trying to be better that can stop Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis himself. Like, he's gonna fall on an ankle. Mm-hmm. He's gonna fall on a shoulder. And if he misses a game oh, or two, he
1: doesn't even have to miss a game. He he just he just has it in him to go four or thirteen. Well, I'm he, not, I'm not he, thinking
0: injuries, but I don't. Well, think he, I don't think he's going to go for four or thirteen in this series.
1: He's he's got to be the most inconsistent superstar of the guys okay. that you can say that's a superstar. Maybe second worst to Cap. Cap's not a superstar. Okay, Cap's a, Cap's a star. Okay, Anthony Davis is a superstar. Okay, when you're walking around with like four plus All NBA selections, you're a okay. superstar. Okay. okay, you know, like Anthony Davis is like a like a legit All NBA. Defensive Player of the Year type of guy. Cat is not that. Yeah. You are not that guy. <laughs> but he 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 has it. He has it in his locker just to have a dud. Mm. He he falls in love with the mid range, mm. <clears throat> which which is a real problem because he can just get whatever he wants at the rim and and. It's it's a real issue his shot selection sometimes, and he doesn't have the mentality of like alright I've missed three mid range jumpers in the first in the first quarter <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna try and get to the rim. His mentality is like alright I've missed three mid range jumpers. If I can hit the next two, then uh, then they'll be defending me fine. And he chases his losses, and he just gets stuck in these ruts. So he's his own worst enemy in terms of himself you know in terms of his physical health which obviously you know as you're alluding to is is always something that you're worried about but also his shot selection sometimes really just lets his team down mm. and i don't think it's a given that we're going to see anthony davis putting up 30 points a game okay. uh, you know on on every right on in every game, I don't I, think that that's
0: yeah, yeah. a given at all. I look, well, let's just agree to disagree. Like I, I, think he will. Like he seems really locked in where it's like, it is just baby hooks and dunks. Like he knows that he can just shoot over Kevon Looney. I would love it if he has an inconsistent four or thirteen like that. We win that game one hundred percent of the time if he does that. Um, and I just hope that Dalvin here and the Lakers just have enough fucking, you know, enough enough of a sway in the locker room to say Anthony Davis. Don't just shoot contested mid rangers over Kevon Looney. You're not going to make him. It's
1: it's it's it is.
0: I think it's so obvious the blueprint to win.
1: It is, but it's also it's also just like guys have guys like what they like. Yeah, and if you're if you've got the kind of mid range look and you're like, oh, this is fucking. You're not thinking like, "Oh, coach, hold me not shoot the mid range." You're thinking like, "Looting's left too much space here. I can <laughs> yeah, rise up yeah. and get whatever I want here." Yeah, which is which is yeah, it's a problem because he's the king of catching the ball, like posting in the the mid mid range, the mid to high post, mm. pivoting, turning, facing, jab step, jab step, jump shot. No mm. dribble. The ball doesn't touch the ground. That's it. And then mm. it's just miss. So I, I I'm not. In my conception of this series, just penciling in like dominant AD, but I will say that there there's not an, an there's not an obvious easy solve. He he matches up really badly for you. He is the Kryptonite, as you say. Yeah. And if he if he can sustain it, like that's a huge problem because he could be easily be the best player in this series.
0: Yeah. Um, and another thing that I really liked is just Jared Vanderbilt guarding Steph from from just the start of the game. Mm. And Steve Kerr realized early on that he's not going to be able to do the off-ball stuff because Vando's just too long and he's like, he's very fast for how, how long he is. Um, so he knows he's not going to be able to get away with that. So he's going to, um, he just gave Steph the ball a lot and said, Steph, you're going to have to operate with the ball in your hands, just like he did in game seven. Um, and Darvin Ham, just like Steph Curry, still Steph Curry. So he went, okay, well, that's, we're not we're not containing him that much and he really needed offense down the end of the game. So he just sat Vando for like the final six minutes maybe. He came in for like some defensive possessions, but he sat Vando for most of the game, and went with D'Lo for offense, and then settled for Dennis Schroeder and Austin Reeves. Schroeder played well. Schroeder played well, but like you know, D'Lo just—I don't think he got over a single screen. Like Clay got heaps of open looks early in the yeah. game, and he made a couple, and then he, he tailed off a little bit. For Jordan, Poole to uncork like a very good game for the first time in seven games. That's so promising for the Warriors. Like, for him, mm. I think it was like five or seven from three. Obviously, missed <clears> a <throat> crucial one there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just interested to see where where um, ham goes with that balance because we went on like a, a nearly ten o run to tie this game. If Jordan Poole would hit that shot down the end of the game. And that was with the offensive lineup in for the Lakers, who just needed points. Um, So I wonder where Darvin Ham's going to go, where it's like, we may as well just leave Vando out there, Mm. because eventually he's going to hit a three, and that's going to be so awesome for the Lakers.
1: The spacing problems are less of an issue if Davis is playing how he is as well on offense. Like, it doesn't matter that Vando can't shoot, (coughs) and that Vando is just going to try and hover. He's either going to screen or hover in the Duncan spot. Like, if AD is the tallest player on the court, and he's getting the ball inside ten feet. Like he, mm. he can mitigate some of those spacing issues that having Vando out there presents. And obviously you've spoken to his defensive versatility and worth there. Yeah,
0: he's so hot. Um what do you think about Jordan Poole shot down the end of the game? Ten seconds to go.
1: Yeah, it's a bad shot. <coughs> Is it? Is it? Yeah, it is.
0: Like maybe you should have taken a Jubilee or just. Yeah, like...
1: Yeah, I mean, there's literally a million other a million, okay. million other things you could have done. You there's, could, there's ten seconds you could on have, the clock. You could have. You, you had ten seconds. There's no rush, so you could have got a better lock than a look than a thirty foot three, mm. which is for a good shooter, thirty percent proposition. Mm. For better shooters than Paul, that's a thirty percent shot. Yeah, like for for Stefan Lillard, that's a thirty percent shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take take a dribble in, bro. Yeah. You you want the you want the moment. Take two dribbles and get to the rim, or dribble and step into the the rhythm three, or let Steph get around the screen that was being set for him and get the ball back, and then mm. relocate to the corner and you might get the ball back. Yeah. Um. I think it's a, I think it's a bad shot. That being said, like, it's just a it's one moment in in an entire game, mm. and yes, you have to execute in those moments when the, the the situation is as high leverage as that but it doesn't necessarily like it doesn't mean anything yeah they, they lost the game it doesn't mean anything other than than, than that like yeah, there's nothing yeah, really yeah. to be inferred about poor about the warriors offense or whatever from
0: yeah that. yeah yeah um yeah you,
1: yeah. you sound like you're Pro pool taking that shot with that uh, ten seconds
0: left. I, I'm on the fence because like that that's that makes pool what he is. And then last last series, yeah, we didn't want pool to be who he was because yeah. he was a bad basketball player. Yeah, but in this series, when he's five or seven yeah. or, or five or eight or whatever yeah. it was, um, you
1: have to empower your guys to and he, yeah. to, to to do that. And if your strength is shooting and scoring, you have to be empowered to shoot and score.
0: And Steve has done that, but it's just like. You get these pool moments where it just looks so much like, you know, the Warriors love to like Steph Curry gets double swing, 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 swing back, swing back, swing back. And pool just seems to be the ball stopper every single mm-hmm. time. And not ball stopper to dribble, which would be horrible and he wouldn't be playing the game. Mm-hmm. Ball stopper to like just get the shot up. Yeah. Um, and I mean, all the Warriors came out and said, we're happy with that shot. <clears throat> um, uh, I'm still I'm on the fence like maybe if this goes down to a game seven and we lose I'll be extra mad about game one but you're I'm not
1: you're gonna have those moments in the playoffs and they're like not all gonna work and, yeah. and in the in the macro the difference between a 30% shot and a 40% shot it's not huge yeah you know it's not huge <clears throat> he's a young he's a young player who's really struggled he obviously has like a mentality yeah we know that from his last three seasons The mentality is like, I'm a scorer, I'm going to get mine. Mm. Most of the time, you're harnessing that for the benefit of the team. Yeah. And if this is one of those things that you just have to cop and say, oh, well, we don't want him to hesitate. We want him to be taking that shot, if that's what this means. And I guess you shrug your shoulders and say, okay. It doesn't change the fact that in a vacuum, 10 seconds left, that's a bad shot. Because you could have got that shot with four seconds left. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um. I saw a tweet that remember, remember when he was falling over in the King series. Yeah. So and then someone said it looks like Steve Kurt when he subs him in, he spins him around three times <laughs> and then tells him to go. Um, before funny. we move on, uh, what's your prediction for this series?
1: I th- I think the Warriors are gonna win because I have faith in the adjustments.
0: In how many games?
1: Six or seven.
0: I got Warriors on five.
1: Yeah. Well, you said that in the group chat before the start of this game, and you you're standing your ground. I see. Yeah. Um, Is that a standing new ground call or you think, you think that the Warriors are going to win four games in a row? We are playing Jordan Poole down the stretch to play that like that new death line up where
0: you've got Wiggins at the four um, and Poole in there and they couldn't score. The Lakers couldn't score the basketball with Poole out there for like the last five, six, seven minutes. That's such a good sign and we sure will.
1: I'm 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 pleased for your optimism.
0: Um, what's the next series you want to talk about?
1: Let's talk about Boston, Philly. Uh, Boston blew Philly out today, 34 points, uh, to tie the series out one-one after they narrowly lost game one. And I have really enjoyed watching the Sixers this this postseason. Um, but I think there's and and I'll just before I before I go on, I'll say it's one is one-one. Phillies won a game on the road. So the Phillies got seized home court, they've done their job, they've done what they need to do.
0: Yeah, but somehow it still is bad. It
1: still feels really bad because you win narrowly mm. on a great James Harden performance. Mm. And then the next game you lose by 34 and James Harden is a minus 21 shooting two for fourteen. Yeah. Um <clears throat> pinch me, where have I seen that before? Um all of a sudden, we're kind of like back to where we've always been with the Sixers, where you don't know what you're getting from James Harden. Because not only has his quality and style of play changed so drastically since he's been a Sixer, um, but he also does have a statistical history of performing far worse in the playoffs. Mm.
0: Um, yeah, I was surprised to say that the 45 points he scored in game one was a career playoff high. Because he, I, I mean, surprise, the stinkers. I, I get it, there. but yeah, it's yeah. like, damn, like
1: yeah, it is, it is, it is. I, I had a similar thought. So you're kind of like, okay, well, we we can't really rely on James Harden. Like we don't really know what we're getting. Yeah, he had he had 45, awesome. Mm-hmm. But he he's just followed that up with with an absolute dud. And then Embiid as well. Embiid came back from the knee injury. He only played 27 minutes today because they were down. And was <laughs> like, Well, we're not going to fucking make this guy play 38 when we're already down 20. So he had 15 points, five blocks. So he's kind of like looking, looking the goods on the defensive end. But he was really good defensively against the Nets. It was the offensive end where he was not really performing that well. And part of that was the fact that the Nets were... Just making him get the ball so far from the rim and then putting everyone in between him and sending doubles. And his job in the the offense, when that's the defensive scheme, is just to get off the ball early. And if you get the ball back, you get the ball back. But if not, it's a four on three and your team has the advantage. And he Mm. did that. But all of a sudden, we're two games into the second round. Where you, you you can't confidently say that you can rely on Harden to give you like all star level play. Yeah. And where where two games in an embed is yet to have a dominant playoff game. And mm-hmm. he has not historically been a dominant playoff player. The the Sixers' recent playoff history is littered with disappointment. He's and
0: he's one and nine against the Boston Celtics.
1: He's one nine against the Boston Celtics. In the playoffs or in, in the general? playoffs. More in the playoffs. Um the Sixers have been really disappointing, and it's it's not all because of Marco Fultz and Ben Simmons. Because Embiid's either bad or hurt every other year, and mm. this season he's been hurt and hasn't gotten off the ground in terms of his performance. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, you, you, we're here. And I I guess what I want to ask you is like, is this the worst one and one? as the road team can possibly feel yeah
0: (laughs) yeah 100% because we we know that the Celtics are like they play so well against the the 76ers Um, and we know that Harden loves a bit of rest and he loves playing well early in the series and then just like you know, just trailing off as it just gets too much for him. Um, And the whistles dry up and, you know, he does a lot. uh, He spends a lot of his time at the free throw line. Um, Danny LaRue pointed out that after they got that amazing Harden game in game one, um, and they were like, well, maybe just keep him beat out for game two and then rest (laughs) harder and say he's just got like thigh cramps. And then just say, well, we're happy going back one-on-one. That's all we need to do may as well give Hart an extra day's rest. And obviously they're not going to do that, but it's like Mm. that wouldn't have been a bad idea because, yeah. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, it's kind of crazy as well that, that, you know, we should mention Jason Tatum today played 19 (laughs) minutes. He shot one of seven and had seven points. Do you know what his plus minus was in those 19 minutes? Plus
0: 22.
1: Plus 24. Damn.
0: Um, Yeah, it's just – there's just – every other offense in the playoffs just has so many different like looks and options and everyone's like these are these are fully formed offenses and when Janethi Melton doesn't go like five or five or six in the the first half of game game one like as soon as that part drives up it's like oh okay well PJ Tucker's gonna score zero points on zero shot attempts Tobias Harris isn't a very good Basketball player. Whatever
1: you get from him is just found money. Um, Max Maxi is has been really good this whole playoffs and has been their best player. But the, yeah. the Sixers can't. They, win this you're not series winning a title if that's, if that's yeah. the case. Yeah, you're not winning they can't a even, series. They can't even win this series if that's the case. Especially
0: because like, Maxi is just going to go against Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown. Well,
1: and that was the thing, and another thing that kind of has stuck out to me from the dichotomy between these two games was in game one the the guards for Boston were, like, much more inconsistent. Marcus Smart had 12 points on 4 of 7, and Malcolm Brogdon had 20 points. But Derek White gave you essentially nothing. Mm-hmm. Grant Williams gave you nothing. Like, that's kind of not what you need from the, those specific spots playing around your two stars. And then today, another fucking, like, vintage Brogdon game who, like... You know, we were talking in the offseason. Like the reason why no one gave up much at all is because they're so scared of him. And then <clears throat> I'm so look, scared of his injuries. Yeah, that's what I meant. Scared of his injuries. Look at look at him now. He's 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 being like the third best player on the court in a playoff game. But yeah. today you got 15 from White, 15 from Smart, and 23 from Brogdon. So yeah. like. What's what's Philly gonna do if James Harden and Maxi aren't combining for sixty and yeah. Embiid's not like going for thirty? Yeah. There's like, there's not a solve there. Yeah. Unless you luck into a big Tobias Harris game or one of your role players goes five of seven from three. Like the yeah. the fix isn't really there. You It's, know?
0: it's that's why like when we were talking off air, that's why I just don't like watching the Philadelphia seventy sixes. Like it's just not fun like this I, I love teams that just have heaps of options and you don't know who's going to pop off and you don't know where they're going to attack you from and it's like guys will just pass, pass, pass pass, pass, pass and find like a an opening and everyone's capable but the Sixers are just so like this. they just you know what they're going to do you know but what they're but that's part of the
1: reason is. why it's been so compelling watching Embiid this year because he's not playing in some revolutionary system yeah. or some system that's even really designed to maximize his talents like He could be doing other stuff with a different coach than Doc Ubers, but it's just that he's like, he might go for 59 anyway. He might just say, I'm going to hit 12 mid-range jumpers. I'm going to shoot 20 free throws and I'm going to dunk everything else. And there's nothing that you can do to stop it. And then watching that actually happen. But we're here at 1-1 going back to... Philly, I wouldn't be surprised if Boston won both games. Like, yeah. I would not be surprised at all if this was if this was done in five. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Boston wins out from here. But we're here now where Embiid has just won the MVP, and I feel like we could be on the verge of the exact same narrative emerging about the two previous MVP winners, which was Giannis, and then Jokic won it when they had had no tangible, you know, like tangible air quotes for their basketball commentariat. Which you know only deals in amazing finals wins or losses. Yeah, they both won MVPs without having had that, with having a bit of a reputation as like not delivering in the playoffs. And Embiid has not delivered in the playoffs ever. And now, now this is where are. are we? Are we about to like turn into the turn the dialogue into that? You know how it was after Giannis won his second MVP, where I hope so. (laughs) I know I know you have a horse in the race but the dialogue was vicious when when Giannis you know when the Bucks went out early after Giannis Mm. won his second MVP they were like we can't give it to this guy he can't get it done Mm. when it matters Embiid is Embiid is is about to kind of approach this threshold Mm. if if he can't rally this team on the back of a knee injury and with an inconsistent co-star
0: yeah uh, I can well let's let's talk about the, the MVP then like Joel Embiid obviously won the 2022-23 uh, NBA MVP beating out Giannis and Jokic um, and did you know
1: that he tweeted about it in 2014 yes yeah, yeah I did because was all over social media did you
0: see my reply no because he's like oh this this will this will be me and it was like he him tweeting his mvp ballot yeah and, like, and it was like you know it him, was him kobe. LeBron,
1: kobe and then chris bosch
0: yeah and then i said oh man i also had chris bosch fourth fourth <laughs> on my ballot mellow mellow was seventh cp3 was six really pretty crazy that like there's only two guys on that list who are still there like cp and lebron like Mallow's not even in the. Mallow's a celebrity at the fucking garden for yeah. playoff games now. Yeah. Like that's that's how far you've fallen. Anyone can be a celebrity now. What about your guy, Gary Man. Powell,
1: Glenn? It's just <laughs> Gary Slauson's instead. It's just insane. It's just
0: insane. <laughs> um, yeah. So the MVP. I. I mean, we both we both said Jokic. Um, just because we we value what he does more. But like, it's just it's just so crazy. Like. Looking at what Jokic is doing against the Suns, which we'll talk about in a minute, and then seeing Joel Embiid, like, yeah, he's playing hero ball, and yeah, there was that article earlier in the season where it's like, man, yeah, you know, he sees a double coming, and some people might pass out of the double, but he sees a double and goes, like, yeah, you know, this is going to sound so cringe, but Kobe, like, that,
1: well, that was what the article said. I that was what the I know I'm was. quoting it,
0: but it still feels yeah. cringe. Um, he's watching, but and he wants and he wants to shoot it over two guys instead of just passing it for an open guy. And it just, like, you and I didn't like, you know, the way Kobe played basketball because we didn't think it was, like, the greatest way to play basketball. Some people do, and that's just a difference of opinion. But, like, we're seeing in the playoffs when everything just gets a lot tighter. You can be rougher. Shots don't go in as much as they usually do. And, and Embiid's just never
1: delivered in the playoffs. He, the, he was really good for stretches of that, that series against the Raptors when the Raptors went on to win and Kawhi hit the four-bounce game winner. Mm. He was really good in that um in that series, but there's never been like 5 to 7 consecutive games where he was the best player on the court and even if your team loses, it's because there was just that you know there was elite level play from their stars or they had too much depth or whatever. Like there's always there's never been just that consistent run where you can question the Sixers if they lose, but you can't question Embiid. He just has yeah. not really delivered that and I you know I we, we did our early awards predictions we wanted to put out we wanted to plant our flags <laughs> and we both picked Jokic I mean this team won 54 games and they averaged 33
0: 33 mm-hmm. yeah big number
1: 33 in a season where Shay averaged
0: 31
1: I know but f- I know it's, a, it's still a big number when you when we talk about who's ever averaged that much we're, we're getting into the, the company of the greatest scorers to ever ever yeah. play yeah It's like Wilt, Kobe, MJ, Iverson, Bradley Bill. You know, like that's kind of rarefied air. Like Mm. he's a legitimate MVP. This season has been as good as many, many, many of the previous MVP seasons. Mm. I, I can't really quibble with it now. But it's, here. it's It's but definitely not...
0: It's, it's not like he's got a non-case. Like, no. I'm not saying that.
1: But no, yeah. for sure. Well, he doesn't not only have a non-case, he's got a very, 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 very good case.
0: Also, narrative, just like, you know, coming from Cameroon, being scouted by Luke Rashad and Baramute's basketball camp. Um, no, nah.
1: See, this is why I... I made comments the other day. This is why I, I made I made forceful comments. But Jokic cool. Jokic has the same narrative. He fucking comes from Sombor. He's this nonchalant guy. He gets... It, yeah, yeah, really, yeah. I'm not, I'm not comparing look, stories. He doesn't look he's... like an MVP, but he's so good. Like, there's narrative. There is narrative. I mean, and I, every, everyone has a narrative. I yeah. would push back on the sentiment that, like, Embiid has got it because of some, like, better harnessing of, like, media narrative than... Jokic because Jokic just like didn't care about it like I think MBA is like a completely legitimate MVP and should be celebrated for it but the context is we're in the second round of the playoffs that doesn't fucking matter and I can't remember looking at a road team that had won a game on the road in the first two games and was looking at two consecutive home games and I'm feeling worse about them.
0: Alright, so let's talk about the other MVP, Nikola Jokic, uh, going against the Phoenix Suns. The uh, Denver Nuggets are up 2-0 on the series. 2-0? In game one, the Phoenix Suns shot like a million less threes than the Denver Nuggets, but they shot better from everywhere on the court. Shot
1: like 56% and lost by 20-something. Yeah. Um,
0: and then there was obviously the article by John Hollinger and many others saying that the Phoenix Suns have a math problem. Um, and then you open game three with everyone just jacking. Shots like everyone's putting up the shots, and Booker and KD are sort of looking around like, Oh, we are actually the only three point shooters out here, we should also be the ones jacking up shots. And Chris Paul has some muscle injury, and he's out for at least the next two games. It's um, groin, I think it is. Uh, and I think it's like a reevaluated, not even just a he's yeah. back for game five. Yeah, he's um, and he's turns out, out
1: for <laughs> until game five, really. So, so
0: your point guard rotations, campaign, and Damian Lee. Mm. Um, but how how do you feel as a as a Phoenix Suns fan, where you you played an excellent game in game one and the demon Nuggets like played good D, but you just shot you shot better than them. You like Booker was just on fire and he has continued to be on fire and, and KD is just KD He's going to give you thirty two points wherever he goes.
1: Well, KD KD is is an interesting one because I'm I'm not feeling it.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: with KD in in the playoffs they're the, watching this team even when we're playing well you can just tell we haven't played together yeah there's nothing integrated for kd there's literally there's literally nothing like kd scores his points as an iso scorer or a, a spot-up three-point shooter but he's not involved in any of the actions that could and should be like a playoff staple for us yeah um which is a problem because we're, when we're in these these games where you know and you know, game two was a ten-point loss, but it was it was neck and neck until the last couple of minutes. Like, fully realized KD inside like an ingenuitive offensive system, which is what Phoenix has, designed to get your best players the shots that they're best at. Is mm. what our system is. Mm. Fully realized KD inside that system is like is unstoppable. But yeah. but he hasn't really been unstoppable. <laughs>
0: because of the injury he's played seven games before the season started and then
1: well, but, well i mean he's he's also playing like 40 minutes a night yeah every night yeah. because we don't have anyone behind him because because we're relying on joshikogi and tory craig to come in and give us our like wing minutes which yeah. poses obvious obvious problems yeah
0: um i i'm a little bit shocked at how great denver are doing because like i said In the first round, where I was like, okay, Murray's playing well. Um, And even like Murray had a horrible game last game, but Jokic just willed them to a win. But like Murray's playing well. um, And the Jokic Murray two man game, like, you know, Jokic just clears everyone out. He sits there with the ball. He goes, where's the worst defender? Oh, it's on KCP. Come on over here, set a Mm. screen. All right, come back over here. Let's put campaign into the blender. And it's just like, like, you know, a 10 point lead was just weak side pick and rolls with um, with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic and like, yeah. it's, it's still unstoppable against a better team um, but I'm surprised at how well they are doing like the, the fact that they didn't shoot they didn't shoot as well as their opponent in game one but they still absolutely like blew the water out of you blew, blew you out of the water and then, um, yeah, a bit of a, a much more physical game. You guys are definitely putting up more three pointers, like in a very intentional way. Yeah. But and they are still coming kind out of with the win, and it's like, yeah, the the playoffs don't start till the road road team wins a game, but it's it's looking
1: pretty good. It's a lot harder to win four out of five than it is to win four out of seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four.
0: Golden State's <clears throat> going to find that. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, few few teams, few teams might be finding that. Um, the other thing that that. is is kind of filling me with dread is DeAndre Ayton yeah because we talked last week you know before the start of the series that Ayton has historically played really really well against Jokic and the Nuggets it's just not the case right now he he sucks Yeah, he in, in, in ways that are like so you shouldn't be talking about a player's effort in the second round of a playoffs, a playoff series for a
0: max player
1: for a max player, but also on a team where this team could go to the finals. Mm. There's a conference finals spot on the line and Mm. he's just walking and he's not (laughs) contesting, let alone the fact that he's like, he's he's in, in the wrong place defensively, which we talked about last week had been a major problem for us against the Clippers. Like not only the fact that he's not like, committing but that he finds himself in no man's land where he can't contest the shot or grab the rebound the same thing has kind of happened again and Jokic went for 39 in game two like literally Mm. ate him up yeah and we can't we can't win when we're playing small most of the time with him as our five yeah and him not just be like a glass eating monster rim runner set solid screens block some shots like he's he's really given us nothing Mm. and and it's not um that's not something that's not a context from within we can emerge with victorious
0: yeah and i was watching game two at lunchtime and then my colleague turned around and was like oh basketball you know he doesn't watch basketball and he was like oh what's going on here um because i was just I, he could hear me going oh, what the hell yeah. he's like oh what's going on and i'm like oh fucking phoenix just put in this guy bismack beyond they're like oh well, yeah what's his story I'm like, oh, he's just, like, very bad at basketball. But the coach likes him for some reason. And he's like, oh, man. I'm like, yeah. And this really good center is just every single time he sees him, licks his lips. And every single time any of the other four dudes on the court see him, they go and right at him. And he's like, oh, man, that sucks. I'm like, yeah, but... He did donate his whole entire salary to a to a hospital back in Africa, so like he's not all bad. But when it comes to basketball, um, oh, yeah. and yeah, so this 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 game too was also like quite quite chippy and quite you know guys gone back and forth. And these these two teams have had a history of sort of you know getting into each other's guernseys, mm. um, and yeah, so uh, KCP yeah he I think I think he thought he had been fouled a few times. And it was might have just been like a playoff foul. KCP when he's angry just grabs the ball for a jump shot like he's just sitting there waiting he knows that he's going to get a wide open shot and you can just tell he's angry from the last couple of plays down and he just like jumps as high as he possibly can he jumps so much higher when he's angry and he just jumps like way 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 too high and then just throws this perfect three that just splashes and he's like putting up signs and just like he's it looks so it. fucking cool but just so it makes you want to go out and just jump to your apex on a jump shot. But... Yeah. Never um, works well for me. Never works well for me either. But um, uh, Michael Malone's playing Bruce Brown down the end of this game, like the last six minutes, which is like pretty fucking cool that you can just sit Michael Porter Jr. and still win the game. Um, but Bruce Brown was getting into um, Devin Booker's head. And then uh, I'm sure you saw the video that I sent in the group chat where... Um, Bruce Brown set a screen, Devin Booker, and Devin Booker's just like a lazily grabbed his jersey and then pulled him and they've gone into each other's faces and just walked yeah. away.
1: Booker spent too much time around Chris Paul.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't even need to say it anymore. Yeah, no, you don't. <laughs> um, which sucks because Booker's such a fucking cool player, but just when he does shit like that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm like, I've made peace with my relationship with Devin Booker, which is that Te- him take him or leave him, mm. but he's my absolute favorite player to watch play basketball. Yeah, because he's, Cause he's so just good. so fucking good. Yeah, but it, 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 his his you know his performance is being is being wasted right now. And CP is out. Mm. Campaign, who's really struggled since he's come back from injury in the playoffs, is going to be our starting point guard, or it's going to be Booker on the ball heaps more, yeah. which I think is actually a workable solution.
0: I you go so Booker too. and
1: wings. You just have to have KD involved in the offense. You can't go Booker and wings when KD is like a spot up or an iso player. Yeah. KD has to be. You have to be doing a Booker KD pick and roll. You have to be running plays for KD to get the ball in space, mm. using you know the attention that Booker gets when he has the ball in his hand. Like there just has to be a bit more integration because currently there's there's none.
0: It just sucks that Chris Paul went down because like he was he was doing his playoff thing where he's getting back into that snake dribble and whenever there's a MIDI he's making it and he's just he just, you know, being playoff Chris Paul again. Um and it, the options behind him are so bad. So yeah. um what's your final prediction for this series? The uh,
1: the Nuggets the Nuggets are gonna win from here. In how many games? Let's let's go and let's let's go and say five. Uh, yeah, I got nuggets in four. It's
0: it's giving schweep. Yeah. You going, yeah, it's well, that,
1: uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would obviously be very disappointed. Um, should we hit on the Knicks and the Heat?
0: Yeah, you can. <laughs>
1: yeah, this has been a fun, uh, fun series. Yeah, it, it, it's 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 giving. I mean, we talked off air before that I really enjoyed watching the Cavs and the Knicks play because although there was just some terrible basketball, it was always fun. Mm. It was always, always, always fun, and and game one in particular was. So much fun watching Jim Butler just do his thing again. Watching Brunson just be so fucking good. Yeah. Brunson is like a max player. Yeah. And the, the, the Mavs were hand ringing about giving him twenty five.
0: Yeah, and like they decided to get Kyrie Irving,
1: and he might leave instead. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, oh, that we. I'm not even fucking into going down that rabbit hole. Brunson's but so good. The I find this matchup so compelling because the pieces are all like mismatched Randall misses game one comes back and plays pretty well in game two giving them some good offense RJ Barrett puts up the absolute worst 26 points on eight of six shooting <laughs> I've ever seen.
0: Yeah, but he was the first guy under the age of X to do something while yeah. in his second playoff series or yeah. something.
1: He he just <laughs> never makes playing well look worse. <laughs> and that's when he's actually playing well, yeah. which is you know, which is rare enough. Um, but the Knicks trying to cobble together like workable offense with Randall kind of limited or unavailable their best player being this diminutive point guard who's Mm. just shooting so well and getting to the rim and then just like a collection of defensive role players is really interesting and then whatever the fuck is going on for the heat (laughs) with or without Jim Butler who who missed missed game 2 but Marco messaged in the GC at one point during game 2 and they had four undrafted guys out there. Yeah. And the rotation was four undrafted guys, Lowry and Love. And it's like, Love is... Love. Well, and, and Cody Zeller. <clears throat> and Cody Zeller. Like, <laughs> literally off the street. Yeah. Love is off the street. Lowry has not been a, like a... a a capital G good basketball player for like three years yeah and the reason why this team made it to the second round is because Jimmy Butler went supernova and mm. here they are just taking it to the Knicks and they, the they dying seconds of the game they almost stole game,
0: game two yeah. yeah I
1: mean I I, I <laughs> th- this is one where they're going they're going back to Miami 1-1 and they have to feel good with Jimmy Butler coming back yeah I don't know if they have the horses to to, to win this series but I've got a feeling that this is going seven. Yeah. I, I, I've got I, a feeling this is going to just be an absolute war of attrition and it's just going to be like fun playoff basketball. It's a war
0: of attrition and you're not going with Jimmy Butler, which is like pretty bold. But um, yeah, it's just... I don't know how the fuck they came close to winning game two. Like, Seriously. It, You you look at the box score and it doesn't even make sense how they came close to winning. Like Kevin Love's failing out every single time he gets on the court. And like, <clears> because he,
1: he just can't defend. Yeah,
0: and like behind if you him move, is Cody if you,
1: if you dribble against Kevin Love, he's just like, oh, fuck, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> we,
0: we all we all watch Bam Adebayo just completely like shaddy's his Couple a couple, of, a couple of, or maybe last <sighs> playoffs. Like Bam Adebayo. On the reg,
1: Bam Adebayo yeah, he, just doesn't, he
0: just doesn't want to... Again, I've said two cringe things now, but he doesn't want to be that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's fine. That that's who he is. Um, Kyle Larry might not be as good as Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent might not be as good as Kyle Leary. Like, mm. we just depends don't know. on
1: which version of Gabe Vincent rocks up. Yeah,
0: and like, there's no Oladipo, who's a wild card who could you know he had a good playoffs last season, which yep. is yeah, a bit sad for Oladipo. Like, he's out Very for twelve sad. months. Um,
1: he, that bloke must have done everything in the name. <laughs> at any at, at, yeah. at, at, at one time or another yeah ACL meniscus whatever this was yeah. jeez is it all Throwing the same a and a P in there and you've got the fucking Holy Trinity
0: is this well yeah a bit, bit
1: of Sean Lewis,
0: today eh? mm. um Yeah, look, you you say it's just going to be a bloodbath, and, like, Tibbs is just making it very difficult. Like, the the Knicks are making it difficult. Also, I thought Randall was going to do so much more. He's going to go up against Cody Martin, and then, like, the Azela and K-Love. Like, Mm -hmm. this should be the series where Randall's averaging 30, and it's, like, scarce the next team.
1: Like, Randall coming back from an injury that kept him out for games. Which, who can say... Who can say how that's affecting him, but you probably can say players in the playoffs are coming back sooner from injury than they would if it was the regular season. Yeah, yeah. A four-game injury becomes a two-game injury because your team needs you. Yeah. So that could be playing into it. But Randall, like Bam, and like Davis, who we talked about at the top of this episode, has that in him to just throw up a stinker and mm. Randall will just shoot six threes in the first quarter mm. and then just keep shooting them. Mm. And it's like... Brother, you're a tank who can dribble the ball. Get to the rim. Yeah. Just get there. But he doesn't He doesn't always.
0: Um, Nick's conference, conference finalists is an interesting one. Would, would this be a little bit like the Hawks a couple of years ago? Um, and hopefully they can learn from the Hawks and like still continue to upgrade the roster and not say, no, nah, we've got
1: Rowan and we've got Grimes. Would you... Well, to answer that question, how do you think... Let's just assume that Boston makes it through yeah. to the conference finals... Save this episode. I'm not predicting it. I'm just saying that yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that feels more likely at this point. Yeah. Knicks versus Boston. Yeah. Do the Knicks have any chance of winning that series? No. Well, then you're yeah. not in a. Then you're not. you at that level where you finalist. can hang that banner and say like conference finalists, where one of the legs elite teams. If you are the five seed and you make it to the conference finals and you feel like we took this we took this elite team that made the finals last year to 7 games and we narrowly lost then you can say like that mm. the the construction of this team is suited for sustainable success but if it's you know like it's i know the hawks the hawks were that 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 year they went to 6 in the conference finals and were feeling really good yeah but it was like a weird six. Like, <laughs> it was a no Mike Budenholzer's six. No one was kind of saying, like, oh man, was it against the Bucks? Yeah, yeah. No one was saying, like, oh man, like the Hawks really pushed the Bucks there. It was like, oh, like the Bucks got it done in six. Yeah, yeah. It was the, the skew of that series was different. And if if the, the skew of a potential Knicks conference final series is like that they just look like they're not supposed to be there, then you, you still have to say, like, we are. Pieces away,
0: which is you, you hope that they're thinking that because they've got the pieces to move. Like mm. they've got all those picks, fake or real, that they can move, and they're in the conversation to get Donovan Mitchell. Um, but yeah, pretty. I mean, regardless, good base, good base for the next awesome, to build upon. Awesome
1: base, and this is kind of what this is where a team like Chicago has wanted to be. Yeah, because it is you know, and this is something that I, I've kind of said often in the history of this show that it's it's easier to get great from good than it yeah. is from bad Yeah, and you're in this situation where you've got a whole bunch of interesting role players you've got a star in Julius Randle who is an interesting piece to build around or to move, you've got a guy like RJ Rowan who <laughs> is, is so limited mm. but you, man, hope, you
0: hope that the team receiving him likes him more
1: well likes him more but also maybe maybe uh, like maybe a good team just decides actually we need him to be limited maybe Memphis is like we've been looking for this superstar yeah. wing why don't we just get this guy who's a lock up defender and who is gonna be just good enough offensively mm. RJ is an RJ is an interesting one they've got the role players they've got the picks like they can shuffle the roster they can swing and go all in they're still in New York free agency like there's options on the table and you would you know you are going to feel so galvanized if you're the knicks regardless of what happens yeah, you know yeah unless miami runs the table and, and wins in five in which case you'll be like wow we have real things to think about yeah but assuming that that this is a a long series six or seven in the second round against miami even if they lose even if they lose and they lose to the eight seed you are going to feel so fucking galvanized going into next season and thinking about what this team can be beyond yeah um yeah pretty 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 interesting we we have said it before and I'll say it again this is a great time to be a basketball (laughs) fan it's a fucking
0: great time to be a basketball fan
1: it's there's nothing better than just like getting on the couch and being like oh I'm gonna watch like an awesome game of basketball
0: yeah I mean the Denver Phoenix series is just so interesting um did you want to wrap up with some other series or do you just want to laugh at Dylan Brooks for a minute
1: oh can we laugh at Dylan Brooks
0: yeah of course so Dylan Brooks um oh <laughs> so he got someone
1: back out the clown car noise can nice, I Kylie put in the fucking clown car I'll,
0: <laughs> I'll start it off by saying um Dylan Brooks has been fined $25,000 for not appearing uh well, for not being available to the media for the last two or three games of that Lakers series. Um, he obviously talked a lot of shit, and it's, then...
1: He should be in prison for <laughs> how much shit he talked and then just disappearing. Shit-talking, punching
0: balls, um, yeah. and then just not going... I, I was worried. I, I probably said, like, 20 episodes ago, fuck, it's looking like the the Grizzlies are going to use their cap space on um, just re-signing Dylan Brooks and saying, yeah, he's our small forward of the future. But I will say I will say one thing um, that Dan Feldman pointed out, where it's like Dylan Brooks is a wing. He's supposed to be a good three and D wing, but he just hasn't been able to defend or shoot threes. But like when he was good and when he became a rotation player, is because he was a good three and D wing. And maybe maybe he's a three and D two, not a three, but whatever. Um, for the Grizzlies front office to have this asset bloom, for them to move on from De'Anthony Anthony Melton, who might be like the ideal fit there right now, for them to move on from him and say, okay, Dylan Brooks is our guy, to have all this stuff go go on behind the scenes, both from John Morant and the gun stuff, but then just from Dylan Brooks talking shit just so much that he's just, you know, made an enemy out of himself from just every fan ever. Like even Grizzlies fans you see on Twitter are like, yeah, no, this this dude does something. Hard to root for. Hard to root for. Um for them to to fumble the assets so much where maybe they can make it into a sign and trade. But they're just gonna lose a young three and D wing for absolutely nothing. And he might not be good, but
1: Well, the thing Though, with that, this is not motivated by the on-court stuff. Only. Yeah. They're, oh, they're, 100%, 100%. We can see that he would be. it would be really fucking difficult to be his teammate and watch him go and talk out all sorts of shit yeah. and then dip from the media and any sort of accountability when you got blown out on your home court by 40 points. Mm. It, it would be really difficult for you to be like oh well fucking like Dylan I guess we, we're, we're riding with him but who knows what's going on behind the scenes if he's a fucking dickhead <laughs> where we can see you can, you, can, you can infer that he's a dickhead like where, where you can't see it yeah um
0: it's just whoever whoever's the next 3 and D wing in there whether it's Mikael Bridges <laughs> or Gianna Nobi or yeah. you know if, if it's like one of the good 3 and D wings or whether it's just like Roland some Barrett. yeah Roland Barrett
1: you know let's not call him the good fuck <laughs> OG would just be so good there. Yeah,
0: but let's just say it's a bad OG, right? Like, they're going to be so much better. Yeah, they Because that dude's going to take seven but shots this a game. Is,
1: it's pretty unprecedented that literally as soon as the series is over, right, there's a media report in. saying under no circumstance will you be returning. Well,
0: the Shams had one today where it's like there is still some interest. I think that was the, the wording. There is still some interest in...
1: He'll get... Twelve mil from someone.
0: Well, so I I wrote an article for PippenAin'tEasy uh, suggesting a sign and trade for Lonzo Ball, and then Memphis That's a the most fucked up sentence. Memphis can move Lonzo Ball salary, which fits perfectly to OG and Obi's salary. And if they, if Chicago are going to give up a pick to give away this massive salary, and you know, inverted commas. Well, bring in a good player Mm. so in a sign and trade to they get the good player and they dump another 40 million dollars of lonzo ball give up a future first round pick from chicago you Mm. can even protect it if you want Mm. then all of a sudden memphis have a salary that mixes that swaps perfectly for og ananobi they give up every pick they have plus one more chicago pick let's just say it's five first round picks for og which i don't think it would be because he's only got one year remaining with that
1: amount of Capital. You could even talk about Siakam if you wanted to. Siakam's yeah. not off the table, and that would be an interesting inflection point for what kind of team you want to be. Yeah. Do you bring in the archetypal three and D role player who's got like a bit of scoring sizzle, or triple Jaden 5s Triple the five. Yeah, so, I mean, like that—that's interesting. Yeah.
0: Um. So I, I quite liked it, and then because, because Chicago, like, how the fuck else are you improving? Like, it doesn't look like Lonzo Ball play basketball again. From mm-hmm. Toronto's point of view, they can play that game with Lonzo and say, okay, we're going to waive you for medical reasons, and they might just get twenty million dollars in in free
1: salary. Well, if they're thinking about trading everyone everyone anyway they don't even have to wave him they can just li- literally just let him sit there
0: yeah but but this, this this wouldn't be waving well I mean it would be but it would be different to waving because you, you wouldn't would, have to eat it y-
1: you would yeah you would get that you space. would gain yeah, 20 million and it, for a rebuilding team but I mean team. like the other the other for whichever team ends up with Lonzo because it's safe to assume I think that he will be moved from the Bulls
0: yeah oh eh.
1: I, I think so yeah okay, I don't I think so <laughs> Well, I mean, you're the one that's running for Pippen <laughs> so I should defer to you. <laughs> what, once a month. Whoever, whoever, even if it's the Bulls, <clears throat> you can just leave him mm. and know that if he comes back and plays 10 good games after he's fully healthy and looks like Lonzo, then you've got a good trade asset. Even yeah. before he's come back, you know, a team that needs a good backup point guard knows that he is going to be healthy for the season. Like, you could get... You know, assets. You could get like a role player who better better suits your needs, or a couple of seconds, or whatever. Mm. You could cut bait on him and just have this the free space. But like he will be a movable asset because everyone knows what he's like when he's when he's mm-hmm. um, healthy. And that's if you want to play a quick hitting, fast paced style with a good point of attack defender, like he's 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 your guy.
0: Um, but back to Dylan Brooks, wherever he goes, I'm going to dislike it. Even if
1: it's well, for the minimum. Because he's just... He's just a Prick. piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen someone unite the clans against himself quite yeah. like, like... Like, everyone has... Like, everyone has stands, Everyone has the, the people that are like, oh, man, like, you hate to play against him, but, like, yeah. fire, you love to be on your team. Dylan Brooks has just alienated from the media and the fan base, from NBA fans in general. And... It appears his own team yeah. alienated every corner of support that he could fall back on. Him and Grayson Allen. And yeah. They're just sitting on an
0: yeah. island together.
1: Well, I mean Grayson Allen even less so. He's such a s he's just he, he, shit. He is, but like in a different way. Dylan Brooks is like it's it's I am you know, gonna gonna acknowledge that I'm leaning into hot take territory <laughs> here, like Skip and Stephen A territory but it's it's cowardly for dylan brooks to be like i'm gonna talk all this shit i'm gonna get in the face of the greatest player that has played the game gonna get in his face i'm gonna talk to the media and talk shit about him and then as soon as something doesn't go my way i'm i'm out here i'm dipping you you can't get a hold of me like that's that's cowardly (laughs) really really cowardly yeah um and, and if his if his behaviour on the court and to the media is indicative in any way of his personal character, it ma- makes complete sense that this is why Memphis is taking the unprecedented step of telling media yeah. days after they were eliminated from the playoffs that this guy's not going to be back. Yeah.
0: Uh, and on that low, but also good for us note, we're going to wrap up episode 195 of the Deep 2 MBA podcast. Let's
1: probably wrap this part
0: up. Actually, no, we won't. Sorry. Luke, has got an article on deep2.com. Luke, Five storylines
1: to follow. There's no way this bloke has been writing articles <laughs> from Sophia. But he has. But he has. And he, he will continue to. And he wants to. He's killing it. Uh, he's also writing for
0: Fair Um You can check him out at LKP underscore b He's got a professional twitter account is
1: there like a .com oh that's his that's, his that's twitter I oh, better, of his better make a twitter and give him a follow <laughs>
0: you've got one the deep two yeah um, yeah check that out on the deep two .com
1: yeah five storylines to follow for the upcoming WNBA season I, I interrupted you to tell yeah, to yeah. dox him and tell everyone where he is um, but well, yes you can see that on the, the dot 2com as well as lots of other timeless uh, pieces of long form basketball writing so and, jump and in and there.
0: timed if you just want to support us
1: yeah well, <laughs> just jump jump in there and give, give a couple of clicks click around <laughs> click on some different articles and subheadings open up and, tabs yeah. leave them
0: open for five minutes yeah, yeah. I check that yeah, it's not good <laughs> right. not tell right. us right. um Dante, I'll speak to you next week We were over the moon when we first heard that the NBA was going to be televised on Australian free-to-air TV in the 2019-20 season. It didn't exactly go swimmingly with the nasty cough halting the season and games getting cancelled left, right and centre, but it was a huge step and an exciting one for basketball fans all across the country.
1: Better yet, it wasn't a commercial channel cashing in on some basketball nerds like us. It was SBS, one of our public broadcasters. Unfortunately, the NBA wasn't the only thing SBS was pushing last season. They also ran advertisements from Sportsbet, Ladbroke, Bet365, BetEasy and Neds, some of the biggest sports betting companies in Australia.
0: In a one step forwards, two steps backwards move, SBS has dropped the ball here. As a public broadcaster, SBS plays a key role in providing relevant, culturally appropriate health information to local communities. The last thing SBS should be doing is offering a platform for gambling companies during the most financially unstable time in recent memory.
1: This past year, men aged 18 to 24 made up 79% of new gambling account holders with increased median spending and frequency of bets. This is the last thing we should be spending our money on given the financial uncertainty that comes with the pandemic. During COVID lockdowns, wagering companies spent more money on advertising and incentives to gamble and it worked. SBS needs to hear from viewers that gambling ad revenue isn't worth the harm it causes. Call on the SBS chair, George Savitas, to put community health ahead of gambling revenue by signing the petition at www.endgamblingads.org.au forward slash get gambling off SBS with hyphens in between.